The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu and welcome to Friday Night Live with me, Hafiz Shaban, on this Friday evening, Friday the 16th of November, corresponding to the 7th of Rabiul Awal. As usual, broadcasting live to Luton 105.1 FM uh, and also broadcasting across uh, our sister stations up and down the country, Sheffield, Link FM, Peterborough, Salam, radio station, Derby and Nottingham and as always live Facebook stream on facebook.com forward slash InspireFM Luton. So get to see who's who and who's in the studio and what we're up to. Uh, and also another way of listening to us is via the Inspire FM apps, which I believe you can still download. So inshallah, there are plenty of ways of uh, tuning in, listening to us. Uh, and as always, a jam-packed show for you today, this evening. Uh, with me in the studio, inshallah, is Brother Zafar, who we'll speak to in uh, in a few t- seconds, inshallah. Uh, but most importantly, uh, if you're listening, try to join today's discussion and today's debate. Try to get your views, your points of view across to our panelists our listenership up and down the country always great to hear from our listeners uh, if you need to get in touch with us 01582 481822 is the number you need to call uh, for those of you that prefer the SMS and the WhatsApp options 0779 481822 0779 481822 is the number for your SMS and for your WhatsApp messages inshallah ta'ala. Right, this evening inshallah we've got a couple of uh, stories that we're going to be covering in uh, on, on uh, Friday Night Live. We're going to be uh, leading off with a couple of uh, smaller stories, uh, equally as important, but we're going to be discussing some of the interesting developments in the Gulf states, some of the interesting developments in the Gulf states as relationships uh, uh, with the Israeli state are becoming normalized by a lot of the leading Gulf states, right? So a lot of the leading Gulf states have began to normalize their relationships with Israel, right? State-to-state relationship with Israel. A lot of it has been happening for a long time in the backgrounds, right? But now it's come right to the forefront. And most recently, with the visit of Prime Minister of Israel Netanyahu to Oman, out of all countries, Oman. And we're going to be discussing that in terms of what's happening and what is pushing and what is driving that normalization. Right, then uh, the second story we're going to be discussing in the first hour, inshallah ta'ala, is uh, the unit, unity convoy. And this is the ambulance convoy. You might, you might remember a couple of months ago we were discussing this in the studio. One of the brothers who's uh, uh, one of the leading campaigners and uh, fundraisers for unity convoy. And also was one of the drivers who's, who's, uh, who's been driving uh, one of the ambulances all the way to the border of Turkey, I believe. He's going to be here in the studio giving us an update with regards to those ambulances. A number of ambulances were purchased on the back end of all the funds that were raised. And they were taken towards Turkey and then handed over to their counterpart from the charity organizations and I believe those ambulances have now made their way into Syria so that that's some of your funds some of your well you know uh, hard-earned funds 
going to a very good cause and we're going to have brother Hamid in the studio giving us an update with regards to those ambulances and whether they've made their way into Syria and some of the functions and uh, some of the things that have been achieved through that particular campaign inshallah ta'ala and the major story that we're going to be covering from 7 o'clock all the way to 8 o'clock of course it is as I introduced the month of Rabi'ul Awal the month of Rabi' al-Awwal and of course most of our listeners if not all of our listeners know Rabi' al-Awwal means the birth of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and whilst it's a hot topic and plenty of debates and discussions on social media amongst a lot of the circles and, and sections of our community with regards to Mawlid yes or no we are not going to be discussing yes or no but we are going to be discussing a Sirah special which is loving the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam what does it mean loving the Prophet sallallahu and we're going to be discussing the Prophet sallallahu as an example in all our aspects of life and society so we're going to be covering that from 7pm to 8pm and that is the lineup tonight on Friday Night Live with me Hafi Shaban Right, so before inshallah we kick off uh, the discussions this evening, let me introduce uh, Brother Zafar who's joined me in the studio. Brother Zafar, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam. Welcome to uh, the hot seat once again, inshallah ta'ala. Always great to have you in the studio. How are you? How are you? Jazakallah uh, khair. Alhamdulillah, I'm fine. Um, fine so far. Yeah, it's been a, been a few weeks. It's been a few weeks, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think you've been away and... Uh, I've been busy. I was, I was, uh, was commandeered to try and sort of cover for you last week, but I had a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a sore throat, really. Oh, you know, subhanAllah. You, that, you've, you've recovered, man. Alhamdulillah, I'm alhamdulillah happy you're, you're here in the, in the studio with us today. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Exactly. Right, so Alhamdulillah, we're going we're gonna to be kicking, uh, we're going to be kick-starting the discussions on uh, one, of the, one of the stories that caught my attention, right? I mean, there's been a lot of stories over the last couple of days, yes. right? So maybe we can discuss uh, some of the other news items that may have caught your attention right but this story caught my attention for more than one reason right it's not only the fact normalization like, like I said in terms of the relationships and, and, and the discussions and the dialogue and the communication channels between Israel and the Gulf states right and even the other states Arab states Muslim states because that's been happening for a long time and we know backdoor diplomacy backdoor discussions you know being mediated through America or directly you know in terms of you know state to state right but what really surprised me was was out of all countries, it was Oman, right, that, you know, really stuck its neck out and was the first country to openly, you know, invite Netanyahu and he was there in Oman and the the, the, the photo shots, you know, were, were being taken and it was as if, you know, th- there's nothing wrong with, you know, completely, you know, and it's completely normal for us to have normal relations with Israel despite what's happening in Palestine. Yeah, I, I think... Um... Yes, I think it was a bit of a surprise. I think Oman is is seen in in a, I guess, in a slightly different light to some mm, of the other uh, exactly. states. I think it's it does have kind of like uh, relations with other states, but I don't think they're as close because I think Oman, uh, from a religious perspective, is slightly different as well from the the other countries. Yes, yes, um, mm. and I think they 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 have a very close relationship with with UK mm. as being a former colony, etc. Yeah. Um, um, so I think that you know um, uh, there isn't there's less of an expectation on Oman mm. uh, about its relationship with, uh, in my opinion at least anyway, uh, with Israel than perhaps likes of Saudi and UAE mm. and etc. Because 
they are, I guess, considered the heartland of the Sunni sort mm. of uh, uh, world, effectively. Yeah. Um, but by some sections, at least, anyway. Yeah. Um, so I would have thought. I think in terms of the pressure, the the pressure is less on Iman than it is, and the yeah. focus is less on Iman than it right, is. Right. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I tell you, there was an interesting article in the FT discussing this. Right. Let me let me see if I can just bring that up. Uh, and, and the angle that it was it was coming from is the fact that it's almost like testing of the waters. Right, yeah, normalization, yeah. bringing it out into the public, just gauging the the response from the from the people, from the masses, right? And and Oman's like one of those soft, you know, soft natured kind of a neutral, you know, kind of countries where, all right, you know, the it almost has, 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 has been a, a proof of concept, well. almost a proof of concept. It has a good relationship with most of its neighbors, right? Mm. And and is 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 kept a lukewarm or you know a relationship with, with Iran, no, nothing overtly, yeah. you know, in terms of uh, nothing negative or acrimonious in terms of the. Relationship, so it's almost like a, a proof of concept or a uh, you know like I said initial test with with Oman uh, before it goes on to other nations right UAE Qatar and, and, and I so think, forth. I think there, there has been some some sort of uh, visits by some members of the, the Israeli sort of uh, um, well a society effectively to, to UAE. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, so I think there, there is there is testing of the water, and there's also big news that there was the Netanyahu's or a plane touchdown in Pakistan. Right, there, I was gonna I was gonna ask you that, yeah, that a question. Big, there's so. a big hoha whether it did or didn't, and apparently you know the, there was some spokesman who said it did. So there, there's obviously diplomacy going on, uh, and I think it's primarily driven by America and Israel to try yeah. and sort of. Um, Established, normalized relationships mm. at the expense of Palestinians. And right. I, think, I think there is all overwhelming pressure now, I guess, uh, on some of the, uh, um, you know, the, the Muslim states to try and recognize uh, Israel. Uh, and I think, you know, the the fact that America is fully on board, America is yeah. is, is no longer trying to sort of balance the relationship. Mm. America is now trying to bludgeon its its way towards, um, you know, uh, you know, getting, normal, getting normalization yeah, yeah. for Israel. It's yeah, yeah. fully behind Israel. It's no yeah. longer trying. At least this president, at least anyway, you know, mm. maybe, um, you know, it might be different. The Democrats come in again. I, I know Obama's relationship with Israel was slightly different. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as far as Trump is concerned, he's fully behind Israel, and, and mm. there's no, mm. uh, and 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 you know that goes towards. Uh, I guess um, you know his decision to move the the embassy of yeah. America embassy to to Jerusalem and all sorts of things. And I think there was news at that time that that some some circles within Saudi were saying, well, actually, you know, that's probably okay, and we're pressurizing the the Palestinians yeah, to yeah, yeah. recognize the the eastern part of, yeah. of uh, Jerusalem as, as their capital. Right. I mean, you you mentioned a lot of a lot, lot of points there. Right? Yes. I, I want to pick up on some of those points, but 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 I, it would be interesting and it would be good to get some of. Uh, uh, our listeners and, and their views with regards to what's happening at the moment with the normalization of relations between Israel and some of the Gulf states, right? Some of the Gulf states and prominently, you know, Saudi being one of those states that's had a lot of communication and a lot of, you know, uh, you know, relationships with Israel in, in the back door, in, in the background, right? To the extent that in terms of the airspace, technology and, and, and security, in Intelligence are some of the the areas where there's a lot of cooperation currently happening in in the background, right? So according to the Palestinian, okay. So the the question out there is from the listeners is, what are your thoughts in terms of what's happening and with Saudis so actively normalizing relations and completely sidelining 
the Palestinian issue. That 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 is in essence what was happening. And I've got uh, you know an article right in front of me. Palestinian journalist Abdul. Okay, you might think uh, you might say not surprising, right? But Palestinian journalist Abdul Bari Atwan condemning Oman. Qatar, UAE for opening the doors to normalization Qatar in Israel. Well. I'm, I'm a bit surprised. Yeah, yeah Qatar. Qatar. Right? So, I mean, here we go. The first was the participation of an Israeli delegation at a sports tournament in Qatar. So, we had a, a delegation of uh, Israeli delegation going to Qatar. Then we had a second dispatch of another sporting delegation to Abu Dhabi, right? Led by, and that that's the, the infamous pictures that were going around with, with, by uh, Israel's notoriously racist, he calls it racist, and Arab-hating minister of culture, so quite senior representation in Abu Dhabi. And then the third is Netanyahu's visit to Oman. Right. So we can see a lot of a lot happening there. Right. Uh, and in, in, in with regards to the Palestinian issue, right, which is completely been silent. It was almost I was, you know, you, you made a reference to Pakistan, but it, it was almost I was thinking similar to Pakistan and India normalization and just sidelining Kashmir. the Kashmir as an issue whereas previously it was always that okay look Kashmir is a serious issue a genuine issue whatever whether it goes independent whether it goes with Pakistan but there's a genuine issue there's a, a populace that have been you know suppressed and you know the human rights are, are been violated and they need to be given you know you know that the, they need to be afforded basic human rights right and they need to be given that freedom to you know to, to choose right and it was similar for the Palestinian cause Palestinian issue you, but now all of a sudden it doesn't matter anymore and and it's and, and according to the FT here it's completely been sidelined yeah it, it is and I guess I guess what's confronting a lot of these uh, um, sort of Arab nations is is what they see uh, a complete destruction of, of uh, Libya Syria mm. uh, Iraq um, and and the, and the futile war, I guess, uh, that you know some of the the, the states have started in Yemen, mm. uh, and there's no way out of that. To be honest, I think what they're seeing is is what you're seeing is is a sense of desperation, really. Mm. They, they got themselves into a into a bit of a tangle yeah, right. which they can't get out of. Mm. And I think what the 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 thinking now is that that perhaps you know if the relationships with Israel were a little bit better, mm. uh, these states might draw on more support um, from uh, Western nations, America and and, and uh, European nations, uh, in trying to settle some of these, these issues. And I think the key one is, is the Yemen conflict. The Yemen mm. conflict is is the one that's really bogged every, uh, all the nations down. Yeah, uh, you know, lots of human suffering there. Uh, but also, I think I think I'm a little bit surprised about Qatar, to be honest, because yeah. I'd actually put Qatar in Turkey, uh, uh, and yeah. in some respects, some aspects mm. of Pakistan in a different camp. Mm. I, I thought because, and then they were very pro-Palestinian. Qatar has always been very pro-Palestinian, yeah. uh, and it's been in many cases been accused of of supporting Hamas. Mm. Uh, Qatar has spent huge sums of money in in, uh, in Gaza in building roads and yeah. in building infrastructure. Yeah, uh, and part of the reason why right, for for uh, its opposition to hosting the World Cup football mm. uh, really drew, went back to the fact that Qatar was seen to have links with, with Palestinians. Yeah, yeah. And, and to hear that, that the Qatar is softening its stance, mm. uh, again, it's... Um, Maybe it's been bullied into that position by it, the, the it's, it's 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 a double game. They're, they're all playing a double game. I mean, every every one of those nations has a as a as you know, a very you know active relationship with it, with Israel, right? And, and it's just but at the same time 
their pledge, their Palestinian, you know, the the obviously it's commitment to their pledge, their commitment to the Palestinian cause. But but the point that you're making, and I've got a quote here in front of me, right, is that the easing of hostilities between Israel and Saudi has been encouraged by the Trump administration, right? Yeah. There's a in his book, Mr. Uh, uh, Wood, uh, uh, Mr. Woodward. I will, will, I'll talk about the book in a minute, but describes the role that Gerard Kushner, yeah. Trump's obviously son-in-law, has played in promoting common in- interests. So obviously Gerard Kushner, who was given this you know responsibility of the you know the Middle East, uh, wasn't it the peace process or whatever is the remake is being given, boy, right? So he's obviously been pr- pressing ahead, pushing ahead, and they've obviously been putting the pressure on the Saudis and all, all the other Gulf states to say press ahead with Gerard, normalization. Gerard right? and some senior yeah. American folk yeah. in the business world yeah. uh, have been collaborating and working together mm. with the likes of uh, uh, you know the the Saudi sort of prince, Prince mm. Salman, mm. and the the uh, um, you know the Prince of South Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Uh, they have business interests, common business interests, yeah. and they know each other uh, from from that. Yeah, world. yeah correct. They're, try- they're trying to sort of you know use those links they have. Yeah. The thing is, there's a big big disconnect, and I think that you saw, you know, MBS came out a little bit. It started to loosen some of the cultural sort of uh, uh, cultural sort of taboos, so to speak, yeah, within mm. the Saudi society, uh, and. and uh, whether it's true or not, Allah knows. Uh, mm. But there have been reports that there was an attempt on his life. An, oh, an really? Yeah. His life. Mm. There was there was a shooting at the palace, and I think the official right. the official line was that there was a drone being flown close to the palace, and it was shot down. But other mm. reports have suggested perhaps that it was it was basically an assassination attempt. Mm. So there is there is a disconnect right between mm. the ruling family mm. uh, and members of the ruling family as well, and yeah. the common people. I think yeah. common people, uh, you know, their hearts and their minds yeah. uh, are in tune with the Palestinians. The, yeah. uh, I think that's the case throughout the Muslim world. The yeah. common folk yeah. have a deep and deep connection with the Palestinian folk. Yeah. Uh, but it looks like the the folk at the top, the leaders yeah. at the top, have, have are beginning to lose their, their uh, the, I guess their uh, the will so to speak right yeah. to, to you know to the, that the, the, the will or you know something that you alluded, alluded to earlier right? I, I just want to pick up on that or is it the case that they've seen all these other regimes topple around them there's, right? that's and they, the they, case, they've that, seen the American that, input into that and almost they've been given two, the two, ultimatum you normalize relations now or right? see what's going to happen or, to you or see what's going to happen to you right? right and they've seen the Arab Spring and, and that's you know caused enough panic in, in, within those governments right within those monarchies you've seen Trump's statement that the Saudi are only there because of the support that the Americans have That's given right. them. Right. So they've gone in there with that hardline approach. No more nonsense, right? We're not going to tolerate no more nonsense. You either, you know, toe the line completely, or you know what? But but there's another another thing, and, right? And that's what's really driving it because we're we're seeing a very accelerated push, even though. Even though previously Obama and, and, and the others, right, you had the, the peace initiatives going on, all right? And, and they were trying to, you know, mobilize and, and progress the peace initiatives, you know, the Arab-Israeli peace, let's get this resolved, right? But there's no discussion of, you know, the, the resolving the, the, the issue at all. And yet there's normalization, which means direct involvement from the American administration, direct instructions that you need to get in, buckle in line no, immediately. No, absolutely. And there's a twin fear as well, yeah. you see, right? Uh, and the other thing, trends you might have noticed, yeah. or people might have noticed, is um, although we might say that some of these things weren't 
kind of like sectarian, but mm-hmm. they have taken on a sectarian uh, 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 a view, so to speak. So if, mm-hmm. you, if you look at the Afghan situation, yeah. if you look at the Afghanistan, the majority, well, the Pashtun, the Sunni Pashtun have been replaced by uh, the Shia Northern Alliance, effectively, right. right? And they're supported, actively supported by the Americans. Right. In Iraq, the, the Shia Iraqis were supported uh, by America, and they're displaced, effectively displaced uh, the, uh, the the Sunni leadership effectively of Iraq. So mm. Iraq has become more of a Shia state than it used to be. Mm. It used to be within the, the Sunni sort of frame. Mm. And if you look at the situation in Syria as well, yeah. right, you have seen the same sort of thing that the Shia mm. population have taken. So it shouldn't be seen in that light, but mm. there is that factor. Mm. There is that factor. Mm. Uh, and the thing that worries the Saudis the most mm. is the the rebellion of the, the Shia community within yeah. uh, within Saudi yeah. and it's and it's support by Iran. All right, so I'm I'm, 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 I'm going to come on to Iran. I'm going to come on to Iran because that, that's the next thing I want to I want to uh, discuss with you, brother Zafar. Some interesting views, uh, but our listeners, what are what are the views of our listeners with regards to Israel normalization with the Gulf states? What's happening? What's driving it? Is it America really you know bludging in in the the Gulf states and and the leadership in, in the Gulf states into line to normalize relationships with Israel and you know what the Palestinian uh, the cause who cares will deal with that later right now you need to get in line and you need to toll the line otherwise you know what's coming to you right the other thing that we're going to be discussing I want to discuss it is Iran and, and the uh, last point is the people of the, of the Gulf states right you touched upon a, an important point brother Zafar but if uh, if our listeners want to get in touch 0158248182 let's get a couple of listeners and their views on air it will be fantastic 0158248182 822 or some SMS or even WhatsApp messages with regards to the Gulf states and some of the leadership 0779481822 right brother Zafar mm-hmm. right Iran right so uh, Iran is obviously uh, one of the, the you know one of the, the sticks that you know America uses to get the Gulf states in line sell them all these weapons sell sell them all this armor sell them everything the the Shia the Iranian threat right uh, to such an extent where the Iranian threat is greater than the Israeli threat <laughs> Well, I, I think this this is the, the thing that's been sold to the Saudis and, and yeah. the Arab nations is the fact that uh, Iran uh, and Israel have a common enemy, which is no, sorry, the Saudis yeah. uh, and Iran uh, and and uh, Israel have a common enemy, which is Iran. Yeah. Iran is supporting Hamas. Iran yeah. is supporting Hezbollah uh, yeah. in Lebanon, yeah. uh, and, and Iran is a threat to Saudi. So this this is the this is the the pitch effectively, yeah. which has yeah. been sold to, to them. Uh, whether the, the threat is greater or not, Allah knows best. Yeah. But the threat What would the threat of Iran be to Saudi, apart from the fact that Saudi and, and Iran and Turkey and Qatar, they're all vying with one another for a leadership position. We can see that. We can see Turkey's taking a very prominent role. Obviously, it's got the, it's a history too in terms of Islamic affairs and within, within the Muslim nations, right? We know Qatar's trying to do that in terms of Islamic finance and it's trying to play the, a key role in terms of, you know, Ikhwan, Muslim Brotherhood, uh, Palestine, uh, the issue that you're talking about. Of course, of course, Saudi's got his, you know, Haramain Sharifain, okay? And then you've got, who was the fourth one? 
I was talking about Iran, right? Iran, right? So obviously Iran's got its political strength, it's got its political influence in the whole of the region. All right, so I mean, they're not going to go to war with one another, but obviously, and, and they seem to have... Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a, well, the, the threat that's been played in front of, I guess, the Saudis and the other Arab nations is, yeah. is the rise of the, I guess, the, the Shia minorities in those countries, mm. rebellion of those right. instigated by Iran. Right. That's the threat that's been so. Whether that's real or whether that's that's uh, uh, lethal, mm. uh, Allah knows best. But mm. that's been been sold as as a, uh, and I think you've seen some of that play out in Bahrain. In yeah. Bahrain, yeah. Yes. 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 We, we, where, we saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Where where there is a, there is a, a Shia majority effectively ruled mm. over by Sunnis, and, and there has yeah. been. Uh, so that's the threat, and I think to counter that threat, they need somehow to sort of, um, you know, it's like, you know, it's like ne- neutralize out, out, of the, out of the fire, out of the pan into the fire, effectively. Mm. So, you, know, mm. you know, considering that maybe, maybe that Israel will, will be their savior, but mm. you know, uh, we, well, we speak to the Palestinians, and then they'll give you a different view. To be honest, mm. Uh, mm. Uh, but the, you know, um, the, the bottom line is that 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 region is is very unstable at the moment. Mm. There are a number of different factors though, which are destabilizing it. Uh, and, and it looks like um, the leadership have run out of ideas. And, and I think... Right. Okay, so, so leadership... Uh, let's, last couple of minutes left, right? Pal- the Palestinian cause. Right and the people. I mean, whilst you know the governments, right, uh, they can just sideline the Palestinian cause. They can sideline the Kashmiri cause. The populists and the pop, you know, the, the 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 societies have never forgotten the Kashmiri cause or the Palestinian cause, and you know it's always at the forefront of the minds of the of the people. To what extent do you think that they're really they're going to be able to sell this to to their people? In fact, even well, if I, they're interested in selling it well, to the people, uh, firstly, yeah, I, I, and, and secondly, in terms of what's what's going to be the the back clash of, of, of the populace saying, you know, enough is enough. I mean, it's almost like there's no more, sh- there's no, you know, if I can use the word, there's no more shame left with, with these with these leaders in openly now flaunting their relationships with, with a nation which is openly oppressing, you know, their, their, their very own people, right? In yeah. terms of, you know, uh, wow, I've got 50, 50 seconds left. Yeah. So I, I think I think the Palestinian cause is dear to to yeah. the, the common man. Yeah. And I think they will have a have a lot of trouble selling it to the common man. They'll have yeah. to sort of um, sell the benefits very hard. Yeah. Uh, to be able to overcome that that brotherly connection there is with the mm. Palestinians. But it's not just brotherly connection. Yeah. It's Al Aqsa. Al Aqsa, absolutely. Al Aqsa is at the heart of it. Yeah. Is is Al Aqsa. Uh, yeah. And and you know. Right. That is a d- another dimension. Another dimension. Okay, Jazakallah, hai, brother Zafar. I didn't even realize. I thought I had a few minutes left, but I didn't. I literally had a minute left. So we're, we're coming towards our first commercial break. Uh, brothers and sisters, listeners, we are Friday Night Live, and this is Inspire FM. And I'm your host, Hafiz Shaban, with brother Zafar. We're going to go into a commercial break, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. So don't go away. When we're back, we'll be discussing the Unity Convoy to Syria. Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. (laughs) 
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Friday Night Live with me, Hafi Shaban, and Brother Zafar here in the studios. As always, broadcasting live on Inspire FM and also across our sister stations up and down the country. Uh, 01582481822. 01582481822. To call in into the studio to give your comments or your views on any of the stories that we're covering this evening. 0779481822. 0779481822. For your SMS and for your WhatsApp messages here in the studio. First half an hour of the show, we were discussing the normalization of relations between some of the Gulf states and Israel. Right, so some of the Gulf states and Israel, and in particularly Oman, where Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu actually paid a visit with a delegation of Israeli officials, not uh, just a few days ago, if not a, few, a week, just over a week ago, uh, and uh, he was. Uh, welcomed and uh, accorded a very warm welcome and a meeting with Sultan Qaboos himself so we were just trying to discover and uh, discuss what is actually going on and what is who is and uh, what is being pushed in terms of an agenda out there in the Gulf uh, the second story we're gonna now be covering inshallah we have uh, I've been joined in the studio by uh, brother Hamid uh, and we're going to be discussing the unity convoy unity convoy is something that we discussed a couple of months ago here in the studio and some of you might remember but I'll just refresh your memories uh, this was uh, it's a charity organization brother Hamid will tell us a bit more about it but it was a it was an effort it was a campaign to raise funds for to purchase a number of ambulances uh, and and to form an ambulance con- uh, convoy for Syria uh, to uh, to allow and to take some facility you know you know medication and to take some equipment uh, for the the brothers and sisters and for the populace in Syria and this has been is been going on for a number of months mashallah and then recently the brothers were able to purchase a number of ambulances and the convoy set out for for Syria or at least on the way to Syria uh, and uh, the co- the number of ambulances were then actually dropped off uh, for their counterparts from the uh, other charitable organizations to then take those ambulances into Syria. So we've got Brother uh, Hamid here in the studio to give us an update. Asalaamu Alaikum, Brother Hamid. Wa Alaikum Salaam. Uh, welcome back to uh, Friday Night Live and Inspire FM, mashallah. Uh, good to see you back, mashallah. What, what, what have you been up to for the last couple of weeks, mashallah? Just catching up a bit of sleep. <laughs> catching up a bit of sleep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just put that, put that, put that mic closer to, closer to you, inshallah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah is just, uh, catching up on a bit of sleep since I've been back, alhamdulillah. First of all, Jazakallah for inviting inviting me into the studio again. It only seems like yesterday when we were sitting together and talking about the Unity Convoy, yeah. you know, the project and actually yeah. leaving. Yeah. But uh, I think that was about three, four months ago. Yeah, yeah, we were discussing that three, four months ago. And when you say catching up sleep, have you, you've been back a few days, haven't you? No, it's been, I mean, I've got my sleep back now. I've oh, been back about two weeks. Two oh, weeks you've been back now. two weeks, all yeah, right. So, so still catching up, so I'm only joking. <laughs> right, so subhanAllah, you, you, why don't you refresh uh, you know, you know, uh, the memories of our, of our listeners in terms of, you know, give us a bit of Unity Convoy, what was it about? and uh, you know what's been what what actually happened last couple of weeks sure alhamdulillah I mean first of all myself I'm just a volunteer on unity convoy I'm not any of the organizers or anything like that Mm. and I got involved in the project last year because last year they did a unity convoy that was the first one and alhamdulillah it was the sort of world record breaker because they organized 85 ambulances it was the world's biggest ambulance convoy that was in 2017 2017 April 2017 alhamdulillah and the reason I got involved
involved in it yeah. because I thought it was a worthwhile project. I yeah. knew some of the people on it. I knew yeah. the you know, really sincere, hardworking. Yeah. Plus, it was a hundred percent donation policy. Yeah. Volunteers like ourselves, we paid our own expenses, right. uh, our own airfare back because obviously you wouldn't have a vehicle to drive back. Yeah. So on, so we paid our own expenses, yeah. and that's the sort of reason that I got involved in it. Yeah. So they, did, you know, humbly, it, it was the, the lead charity this year was one called Human Aid. Right, and um, you know they decided to try and get so the uni- unity convoy itself is not uh, is is this not a charity is it not a charity itself is it? It's not a charity itself. Oh, it's it more like a campaign. With, okay, it's a campaign, yeah. right, right? But there is a website for it. Mm. You can get information. But it's a campaign. Yeah. It's something else. Just wanted to clarify because, again, these charities they need to keep the charity commission happy. No. So it was explicitly said, and we did go according to this as well that we only went up to the Turkish Bulgarian border. We right. didn't even enter Turkey. Right. From there. All oh, um, right. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's just to keep them happy because mm. you can imagine, you know, you, you can get a lot of problems coming yes, back and yes, so on. Yes. So from there, there is another charity called Hand in Hand for Syria, which is also registered in the UK. Right. But it's a Syrian charity, and they've got Syrian people on the ground in Syria. Right. So they took the ambulances from us last year and this year, right. and they completed the last part of the journey, which right. was via Turkey into right. Syria, right. distribution of the ambulances. All right. Just, just before, let, let's go back one step. So last year was eighty-five ambulances. That, that's incredible, mashallah. What, what about this year then? What, 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 what was the aim to kind of try to, you know, increase the, the numbers? Or what, what, what did you achieve this year? Initially, they were looking to try and match that or increase that. But at the mm. end of the day, it's the people on the ground that really need to dictate to us what mm. their requirement is, what mm. their need is. Mm. And the feedback that came back to the organizers was that they were in dire and desperate need of hospital equipment. Because there's right. no point having okay. an ambulance at yes. the end of the day if there's nowhere to take the people. Yes. So this year, the ambulances were only about 15 in number. Okay. And a lot more of the money has gone towards hospital equipment, I which will go in Syria, which is a requirement. I mean, if I can just say a couple of words first, why Syria? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Syria holds a special place in our heart, especially after yeah. the Rasulullah he mentioned in a few hadith, you know, the yeah. blessings of Hasham. I think he said Rasulullah the translation of which, how blessed is Al-Sham? Yeah. And he also mentioned, you know, the heartland of the abode of Islam is Al-Sham. So just mm. from these hadith, it has a special place in yeah. our heart. And also throughout the sort of Islamic history, it became a really important seat of ilm, of knowledge. Mm. Uh, and even people recently, up till you know, before the problems that we have now, they used to still go there for learning. Even people mm. from this country that used to yeah, go I, there. I went for there for I, went, I went there for my Arabic and for my learning too. Subhanallah. Many, many years ago, yeah. Subhanallah. Mm. And you know, and even from our past history, you know, Khalid bin Walid, radiallahu anhu, yeah. he fought amazing battles there, which actually showed his genius in in warfare. Mm. Mm. Um, so it has a special place in our heart. He liberated it from the oppressive superpower of the Romans. Mm. But sadly, after that, Syria again became an oppressed place, first with yeah. you know, Hafiz al-Assad, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the father of Bashar al-Assad. Right. And, you know, the things that went on there in that country, it was hard to pray even in that country. And there was a sister, she wrote a book. She, it was titled something like uh, Five Minutes, Nine Years in a Syrian Jail. And the reason why the name was that, the, the, the agencies came to her and they said, look, we just want five minutes of your time. But yeah. that changed into nine wow. years. They detained her for so long. So that's been your, your motivation, has it, to really get involved more in terms of trying to help the humanitarian efforts within Syria? Yeah, I think it's not mm. just me. It's if you look at the generally the women in this yeah. country, because we yeah. all saw the, the videos that were coming out a few years ago, yeah. and still now, where there was like amazing displays of imams.
Quran where people mm. were threatened with death like yes, in the time of yes. Rasulullah to mm. renounce their, fili- their belief to mm. state things like Bashar al-Assad is their mm. God mm. but we saw videos where people were staying adamant to the point of death even being buried alive burnt alive and I think that touched all of us right, you know? right, and seeing so the children as well that were suffering you know even right. they were not spared the elderly and so on right. that's why Syria I, th- I mean every Muslim country is important yeah. to us but I think yeah, yeah. Syria sure. you know, yeah. for those sort of reasons so, so just coming back so obviously a hospital equipment so what was it? You said 15 ambulances that you were able to fundraise for, mashallah? Yeah, there was 15 ambulances this right. year. Um, just to make it clear again, no equipment was actually taken on the ambulances uh, because oh. that would create more problems. You know, right. For example, at Dover, we were, yeah. every year we're prepared to stay a bit of time in Dover. This yeah. year was about seven hours. Last year we were there for about nine hours. So, I mean, take, take, take me through some of, some of the journey. I know, I know you, were, you were sharing some of the videos and some of the pictures yeah. on social media, mashallah. I mean, it was, it was brilliant to, to almost follow the journey of the ambulances here from from UK all the way to that that Bulgarian stroke Turkish Turkish border, but share some of those experiences. I mean, in terms of, so the, the initial checkpoint. I mean, I can imagine you just driving into you're driving into 15 ambulances. You know. Uh, at Dover and then suddenly you know where are you guys going is just that the kind of questions that you get asked or, or? No, they know we're coming before them but before I just go into Dover I'd like to just say a little bit about the crew the people the yeah. team members Mashallah, yeah. Alhamdulillah it was really nice because it was a complete and absolute varied mix so right. you had people in age so the eldest was about 65 I think I was the second eldest about 53 myself Mashallah. but there was someone about 65 last year we had someone at 69 Allah and God. the youngest was someone about 20 but he honestly looked about 16 to me are you serious <laughs> and, they, and they're all all, all across the U- UK, is it? Yeah, across the UK. Wow. Different mazhabs, different countries, wow. yeah, but all That's coming brilliant. together as one ummah. There was no problems, no yeah. arguing, nothing. Yeah. You know, just coming together Lovely. for a common accord. And the atmosphere was really, really good, alhamdulillah, yeah. amongst Beautiful. the brothers. Um, yeah, in terms of uh, a few places I'll go through, like Dover, what we do is we let them know beforehand that right. we're coming with the names of every single driver copies of their passport driving license right, and right, so. right. but even then it takes a little bit i think they spent roughly about half an hour per ambulance this year just to uh, ins- inspecting them and questioning, questioning just asking questions but you're right. prepared for that i mean yeah, yeah, sure. everyone was well behaved patient because at the end of the yeah, day you're just going to be patient yeah. and co- co- cooperate with the authorities it's just an ambulance uh, it's yeah. a humanitarian you know uh, you know goal and uh, of course you're yeah, your uh, there's there's nothing to hide, I guess. There's nothing. The yeah, yeah, exactly. there's nothing to hide yeah, yeah. at all. They just went mm. through their problems. I mean, uh, it's really them that have to do a few tick boxes. Right, if they right, don't do right. their job, there'll yeah, be a problem. Sure. That's understandable. But like I said, all the team members, they were all patient again, because they realised their sawab meter is running. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, just, yeah. just so, go with it. It's no I like problem. that sawab so, so, so meter. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a nice one, man. I'll I'll use that next time. So from uh, from Dover, we eventually got to Dunkirk, and. Um, at Dunkirk, there were a few ambulances that just, you know, we had the chance to just check the ambulances over again, all yeah. and everything. And one of them had a bit of a problem with a tyre that was sorted yeah. out. Yeah, right, right. And we drove through Belgium, Switzerland. The scenery was amazing, subhanAllah. So, really beautiful. Those are the perks of the travel, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you see these things, you remember Allah, wow, subhanahu wa ta'ala. You just see the creation of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. But I'll just take you through a few of the highlights. Another sort of amazing experience was the ferry from from uh, Italy to Greece. Right. It's from uh, Ancona to a, to, to a Greek city. It takes roughly about 18 hours. This time it 18 took, hours, yeah, yeah. 30, 18 hours. This time it took about 21. Um, 
I was on it last year as well. It was peaceful seas. This year, you know, like you see in some movies, there's yeah. a boat going in the sea, yeah, and then suddenly so you hot. see the sea raise like a, a wall, and then the sea go hot, down, and you can no longer see it. That's what it was like. Are yeah. you serious? I'm not sure. <laughs> Every now and then, you'd hear like a hammer on a sheet of metal. That was the wave hitting the body of the boat. Wow! Yeah. And it was constantly just creaking and creaking. And for 21 hours. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm. A, uh, I'm uh, I thought the airplane airplane <laughs> turbulence was bad. <laughs> that that sounds. Uh, I mean, I, I, I sort of turned in at 10.30 and I was in two minds whether to try and fall asleep or go and sit upstairs because it might I be safer. I don't know how you, how, you, how you can go sleep I mean, with, with, I, that, with that noise I, around It's just you. the tiredness. The good yeah, thing yeah, about it is very gives you a chance to catch up on sleep. So yeah. alive, I managed to f fall asleep. But uh, I heard about four o'clock in the morning. I was asleep at four o'clock in the morning. But I heard at four o'clock in the morning it got really, really bad while I was yeah. asleep. Wow. People coming out of their cabins and even the ship had seemed to stand still for a while. Really? And uh, even the staff were running around a little bit. I think they went downstairs as well to tie all the vehicles up because they hadn't done it initially. Mm. Um, so, Subhana, that was an experience. But when wow. I did wake up for Fajr and prayed, I went to yeah. reception and I noticed the reception staff were playing evacuation procedures on their computers. <laughs> <laughs> Someone asked wow. them about it. They said, we do it all the time, but oh, I, I don't wow. think they did. Oh, wow, man. Wow. It sounds, like a, it sounds like an experience, man. Incredible experience. All right. So let, let's just let's just fast, fast track. But before we're going to fast track, I was just going to give another reminder to our, to our listeners uh, that this is Friday Night Live and uh, this is uh, Hafiz Shaban, your host this evening with Brother Zafar here in the studio. We also have our guest, uh, Brother Hamid, who's in the studio on behalf or, or, or as a volunteer of a unity convoy. And, and that's what we're discussing, the ambulance convoy uh, for Syria, which arrived in Syria after a road trip from the UK. And we're just getting a debriefing from the brother here in the studio with regards to the trip, what, what really pushed them and what motivated them to get involved with this uh, initiative. And uh, he's just sharing some of his experiences, mashallah. Uh, but if you want to ask any questions, you've got any thoughts, you've got anything that you want to share, then it's 01582 for your SMS, for your WhatsApp messages. I'm sure you're, you're, you're listening to this story and, and equally are going to be uh, in awe of the story and, uh, you know, hopefully inspired by, by, by this story and, and maybe get involved yourself in a similar initiative or a, a completely different initiative in the future to benefit humanity and our societies and our communities but right now let's go back to brother Hamid and just continue with the with the conversation inshallah ta'ala on, on the unity convoy uh, brother Hamid mashallah that, that's uh, that's quite incredible uh, in terms of the road journey so what in, in total couple of days is it to, to get to the to the final destination what was it three four days that it took or longer the first one and a half days was quite slow we only did about 100 or 200 miles in the first yeah, one and a half days due to the delays and mm. so on but alhamdulillah after that we really caught up because oh. um you know, there was about three people three brothers per ambulance yeah and we didn't really oh, have three people per yeah. ambulance uh, yeah. to to alternate in in the driving right yeah exactly so mm. we didn't really stop permanently as it was like for a five six seven hour sleep break where everyone slept yeah, you didn't yeah. stop over at the hotel man for, for no a night. no no that was only when we finished completely ah, so yeah. 
So, so where do you sleep during the during the journey, Yaki? You know, it's quite... so you, you obviously mentioned the ferry. Yeah. Apart I mean, from that, during the journey, you'd sleep in the actual stretcher in the ambulance. In the stretcher. Yeah, <laughs> but that's quite <laughs> improvise it. That's a good improvisation, Yaki. Well, put it to good use, but at the same time, yeah, it's, it's reflective <laughs> because you're sleeping wow. there that night, and then you're thinking maybe in a few days' time, someone is going to be sleeping in that who actually needs that ambulance, and whether they'll survive or not, that's another matter. No, so okay. while you're lying there, sleep, trying to sleep, that's the mm. sort of thoughts that are going through. Your, your head and your praying that you know it mm. can serve the people as it's wow. required yeah yeah because at the end of the day this is an amanat you know mm. everyone's helped in this and mm. we need to get it to its destination wow. where it needs to go to so the good news is that you finally do arrive at the, at the border uh, and then you finally do get the ambulances there well, what's the what's the update where, where, what's happened with those ambulances tell us uh what, what was the final outcome we're still getting updates but mm. this year alhamdulillah again thanks to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they only remained in bulgaria for about four days you know, last year there was a lot more problems from the Turkish side and I think it took a good month or more for the mm. 85 ambulances to cross. So within four days they had crossed the Turkish border. Aye. The other thing about the Turks is they do not allow convoys yeah, for whatever reason because convoys create public opinion about the Aye. issue. That's one of the Aye. reasons why Unity Convoy does convoy. So people, it's not just for yeah, the sake it's, of taking it's it. Seeing it's seeing the win. Exactly. 85 ambulances, yeah. I can imagine. That, yeah. that that's an, it could, yeah. would create an impression anywhere. Driving through a, a country, where are you guys going, right? I mean, exactly. that really creates an opinion true and uh, that's why in Turkey they're loaded into containers and then they're transported to the Turkish Syrian border oh, really? by the Syrian team Alhamdulillah they've entered Syria yeah, yeah. they oh, may Allah. even be at their final destination but that information will always get one or two days late just to protect right. the ambulances so they don't yeah. get targeted by right. the regime right. and so on mm. so they've definitely entered Syria that was right. about three four days ago right yeah um, last year they went to some of them went to Idlib health yeah. authority right yeah so let's see whether they eventually so end where, up. wherever they needed across Syria in essence right exactly and, and what about Syria. the hospital equipment so you didn't actually take the hospital equipment on the ambulance how, how did you get that to to the the, the people of, of Syria then that will be something that the charity is sorting oh, okay. out okay. so they'll probably have to, I'm guessing they'll probably have to send it in containers mm. yeah again that will have to go through rigorous you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, checking and so on and so yeah. forth just like any aid you know, ca- yeah. um, container yeah. goes yeah. so they'll get the equipment and mm. uh, they'll send that over in container there'll be updates for that as well wow. but like I said everything comes out a few days later just to protect mm. yeah, yeah, the, yeah. You know, I mean even on the convoy ourselves we were told yeah. not to give our location until we've left the place just to protect the convoy itself mm. Mm. You know? wow so very inspiring brother Hamid may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you uh, and the entire team for, for their efforts uh, fantastic I mean inshallah Definitely, I'd like to get involved with, with something like that. Uh, I mean, a fantastic initiative. Obviously, requires a bit of time. Uh, total time, what, a, a, a week away, was it? Yeah, or? let's say about a week. You see what it is, Siobhan. Everybody's got something they can offer, right? Mm. So someone, brother, might not have the time. But yeah. you might have some money that you, you might can be able to. Yeah, 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 exactly. I exactly. mean, alhamdulillah, I've been blessed with time. Yes. Yeah? So I can put my time in. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. But at the same time, when you talked about reward, remember everybody contributed in their own way. Yeah. So a lot of people donated money, Muslim community yeah. from all over England. Alhamdulillah. They made dua. Yeah, those that couldn't yes. give money gave made dua. Yes, those that couldn't do that spread awareness. So everybody yeah. had a piece of it. Yeah, Everyone, and that's, yeah, all, and that's why we did yeah. it. We pray that you mm. know, if, if if someone who uses that ambulance, yeah. you know, if it helps their father, father or their mother or their mm. child, that they might make dua for us. Mm. Yeah, and maybe Allah yeah. Subhanahu wa Taala accept the dua of the oppressed. Yeah. But having said that, there's one other point. I mean, when I get involved in these projects, 
I know that I'm just helping and I know that's not the solution. Mm. And I think as a woman, we need to understand what the difference is between help mm. and solution. Mm. And the reason I say that is because we're very much stuck at just helping. We mm. don't think above solution. And what do I mean by that? It's, it's just as an example, if you imagine you go home and your roof is leaking and you've got mm. a big puddle on the ground, mm. part of what you need to do is clean the puddle on the ground. There's no two ways about that. Yeah. That's help. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. But you have not solved the problem until you fix the roof. Mm. So we're supplying ambulances. Right, Alhamdulillah, right. which is help and is rewardable. Mm. But we need to tackle the problem. Why do they need these ambulances in the first place? Yeah, I, I think that that's pretty clear. I mean, of, of course, in terms of what's happening in Syria, and and, and I think that that's been at the forefront of the, of the minds of uh, of the communities globally in terms of what, what's happening there. Absolutely, in terms of a catastrophe, in terms of you know uh, the people being left to the, to, the, to their own. Uh, to, you know, to, to their own selves, really, and, and no, no external powers really coming in to support the the oppression. And we were discussing Palestine earlier, but I mean, in terms of uh, what, what's next, uh, Brother Hamid, for for Unity Convoy. So you're doing 85 now, you're doing 15. What what's the next uh, next steps? Well, first to just make dua that they don't need anymore. Yeah, mm. that's the first. I pray a time comes and we should make dua that the Ummah no longer requires sadaqah from us. Because mm. there was a time in the Islamic history yeah. where the Ummah didn't even need the zakat. The zakat was collected, mm. but they had mm. no one to give it to. Wow. Yeah, and so. they had to import fish. He imported the Khalifa, imported fish to feed the people. Mm. I pray a time like that comes for the Muslims and the non-Muslims. Mm. A time mm. of peace and security where there's not so much zulam. Mm. But, you know, if, if, the, if the situation continues, then mm. if the brothers come together again for another convoy, inshallah, mm. I'll, we'll, we'll be there again. Uh, maybe a slightly different initiative, maybe a slightly different target audience. It doesn't have to be Syria again, maybe, maybe, maybe some other cause. You know, these people, they tried to do, they tried to do something last year. They, uh, it was going to be a flotilla for Burma. Yeah? Ah, okay. And they even had meetings with brothers in Malaysia. Yeah. to try and put this forward. And there, there was that flotilla a few years back, I remember, mm. it was for, for Palestine, right? I yeah. remember yeah. Uh, the Israelis, they then boarded it, yeah. and there was a, yeah. a mm. big incident, you know, that, that happened. Yeah. I think there were some fatalities and everything mm. too, but, and it got a lot of media attention, right? So yeah. you, 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 you were discussing something similar, is it? Yeah, like you've had the Unity Convoy, they were going to call it Unity Flotilla. Right. And it was going to be the same sort of people involved again. Mm. For whatever reason, again, I'm not involved in those sort of meetings. Mm. For some reason, it didn't go ahead. Maybe right. some governments weren't happy, I'm guessing, or whatever. Mm. Because, you know, at the end of the day, why is it we need to take these ambulances when all mm. these ambulances are next door in Turkey? Yeah, 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 you exactly. know, I'm, yeah. I mean, the solution is actually in Turkey. There's a lot yeah. more that can be done from there, but because they're not moving, we yeah. have to move no, from here. But I mean, it's good that the whole uh, Ummah is moving, right? Yeah. In, the, in, in the right direction. I, I think that's the key thing, isn't it? Even if the, I mean, the earlier discussion we were having is you might have normalizations of relations at a government level, but it's the populace that will uh, are not willing to abandon Palestine, are not willing to abandon Syria as as a cause, and 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 it's those ethics and those morals and those principles principles that push people to say look you gotta you gotta contribute somehow I think right. that's, that, that's what drives point. that to yeah. to bring that change and contribute and I think I, I liked your one of your opening statements which is we can all contribute something yeah. right some of us can contribute time some of us contribute some money some of us can contribute ideas you know some of us are very good at organization with organizational skills whatever you are input it back into that community input it back to to helping humanity wherever it is around the world whatever is close to your heart it might be Palestine it might be Africa 
right? It might be somewhere else, you know, in, in the remote part of the world. It might be, you know, it doesn't have to, have to be human beings. It might be, you know, you might be an animal lover. <laughs> it may, may be an, an animal cause, but whatever it is, do contribute back into the community. I think that's the that's the pivotal message coming out from uh, from your story, from me, uh, Brother Hamid, and, and mashallah. Uh, even at the young age of 53, mashallah, and 69, <laughs> mashallah, you guys are driving these ambulances all the way, you know, to the border of Bulgaria and and Syria, uh, and Turkey. So that I think is an inspiration for uh, for a lot of our listeners to say, guys, come on, you all need to roll up your sleeves and really contribute to your community and and to to to, to the Ummah globally. So I just want to, I mean, watch this space. Let's see what happens yeah. anyway. So if we do you, go you ahead, got, you you'll got know. One minute. You'll, I mean, you'll know definitely about it. And uh, if, if we do have another mm. sort of convoy or some mm. other project running, initiative, yeah, uh, then let's all come together and help in the ways that we can. Yeah, uh, brother Hamid, Jazakallah for for coming into the studio and sharing your story with us. Uh, uh, very inspiring for me, mashallah and I'm sure very inspiring for our listeners. It'd be great. So I mean, it's unityconvoy.com, right? Is is the website? Do you uh, have you got pictures and updates on? Uh, on, on that website or is it there's not as many updates on there from what I've seen there are much more updates on the Facebook page Unity Convoy alright so unityconvoy.com is the, is the web page for all of our listeners who want to go and get further information find out what you guys are up to what you've done in the past any other initiatives that you might be spearheading and you said Unity Convoy Facebook for all, all, all the, the pages uh, and 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 if you want to follow the story read up the story look at the pictures in terms of what happened over the last couple of weeks with the envoy uh, and that's the place to go facebook unity com, right whatever jazakallah, that's jazakallah right. brother brother hamid inshallah lovely having you in the studio and jazakallah for your time for sharing the fantastic and inspiring story with with, with myself and, and with our listeners jazakallah no, jazakallah rabbana taqabbal minna ma from everyone inshallah mm-hmm. all right listeners that was uh, brother hamid uh, mashallah with this fantastic inspiring story very inspiring story of the unity convoy uh, going out to the Muslims of Syria mashallah lovely initiative uh, and I'm sure it would have inspired a lot of our listeners we are coming towards the end of the first hour and we've covered two stories and we're going to be following up in the next hour with our lead story and that is the story on Rabi al-Awwal and the seer of the Prophet sallallahu and loving the Prophet sallallahu so it's going to be an interesting discussion don't go away and we really need to hear from you it's Hafiz Shaban on Friday Night Live and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Friday Night Live with me, Hafiz Shaban. This is Friday, the 16th of November, 7th of Rabi'ul Awal. And uh, with me in the studio is also Brother Zafar, inshallah ta'ala, co presenting in the hot seat in the studio. And we've been discussing a couple of stories in the first hour of the show, mashallah. First hour's already gone, and we were having or we were getting the update from Unity Convoy from Brother Hamid uh, just to wrap up the first hour on the show. Uh, this second hour of the show, inshallah ta'ala, we are actually now going to cover our lead story this evening. Lead story this evening, 
and that is uh, Robbie Lowell. Right? So Robbie Lowell is our lead story. And why would Robbie Lowell be our lead story? Because it's in Robbie Lowell that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was born. Right? So whenever every year the month of Robbie Lowell comes, we know that there's a lot of celebrations. We know a lot of the Ummah or majority of the Ummah, uh, if not large segments of the Ummah, right? Let me let me reflect that accurately. Uh, you know, very uh, very happy celebrating because this is the month in which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was born, right? And with that comes the the Milad celebrations, right? And I know that's got uh, you know its views in the community. Some people are pro, some people are against, some people are in, in the middle in terms of on the fence. Neither here, not neither there. Can see the positives of it and can and see also some of the negatives on it. I don't know wherever you stand on this particular issue, but that's not what we're going to be discussing this evening. We're not going to be discussing whether yes or no with regards to the milads, but we are going to be discussing the the uh, the, the the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and we're reflecting upon Rabi'ul Awal. We're, we're reflecting upon the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. What does it mean to love the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? Right. So that's the question we're asking. What does it mean loving the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? We're reflecting upon the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as a uswat and as an example in all aspects of life and society and then we're looking at the obedience of the Prophet obedience to the Prophet and what he bought and maybe just a, a fourth element is is the message is the mission that the Prophet bought so I think that's a lot more positive discussion to have as opposed to having a, a this acrimonious discussion of yes or no and the merits of, of yes or no so that's the that's a demarcation that, those are the lines and that's the guidance for to the, to the, the discussion uh, from 7 to 8 inshallah ta'ala. so if you want to contribute and get involved more than happy to hear your views more than happy to hear your your opinions on this matter inshallah ta'ala. 01582481822 so if you're very passionate about it 01582481822 let us know what your thoughts are and if you want to SMS WhatsApp 0779 0779481822 0779481822 what does Rabiullah will mean to you what does it mean to you in terms of loving the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Let me hear from some of our listeners, right? I'm sure, I'm sure you've got plenty to say, inshallah ta'ala. So pick up the phone and speak to us in the studio, inshallah ta'ala. Right, until we hear from our listeners and before we speak to some of our sheikhs that we're going to be discussing this subject matter with and getting some of their guidance, inshallah ta'ala, on this subject matter, I still have brother Zafar in the studio, mashallah, and I still have brother Hamid in the studio who's very kindly, you know, accepted my offer of staying another 10 minutes in the studio to give a few extra thoughts, inshallah ta'ala. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to brother Zafar firstly and ask the brother Zafar the question, Rabbi Lawal, uh, loving the Prophet sallallahu you know, what, what, what does that mean to you, Brother Zafar? Jazakallah for, I think it's, a, it's a, I think for me, uh, loving the Prophet starts with knowing the Prophet I think mm-hmm. and I can talk about my sort of journey to to get to know the Prophet a little bit. I think that's my contribution. I don't want to veer into any uh, any expression of views because I don't consider myself scholarly in, in any way. 
Uh, but one of the first things that I did, um, remember when I turned my attention towards Islam mm. to get to know me and my cultural background, etc., in this country, uh, was to pick up a book uh, of Sira by Ibn Khaldun from the Luton Public Library. You know, I'm, I'm going to stop you there because that, that is exactly what I did too, which is to read many, the Sira. Many, 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 many years ago, yeah. right? And yeah. this is what, what brought me on the journey towards towards being a little more observant right, yeah. Uh, yeah. of the deen. And I think wow. when I read the story, I still remember, mashallah, and I still, yeah. the details are still there. And then followed on by, by reading stories by, uh, you know, Martin Ling's, his Sira. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and I think I remember that being the basically the trigger for Inspire wow. FM to actually to do Sira as a as a regular thing, as wow. a theme by yeah. various various scholars, etc. Yeah. So the people to get to know the Prophet. So I think so the first hard. thing in loving the Prophet is getting to know the Prophet, right. his life, uh, you know how you know how his early childhood was was as a difficult childhood, yes. a very difficult childhood. Yeah. Uh, how he grew up, mm. what his you know character was, mm. um, how he was seen by the community, how the yeah. community again turned on him. Yeah, yeah. You got to know all of that, and once you know that. Yeah. Then, when you read the Quran, when you read mm. the meaning of the Quran, it fits in mm. because it fits in. Absolutely. You can relate it to the period that the Prophet right. was going through. So, so, so I I'm, I'm going to just uh, me, yeah, go on. Okay, just, for, for me, I think mm. loving the Prophet is, is as a first step knowing the Prophet. Right. So that that is mashallah a fantastic point, brilliant point, right? Because you know, I, I gave a khutbah today on this subject matter, and, and and that was my first point. How can you love someone if you don't know that person or know that individual, right? And how many of us actually, right, haven't read the seerah, right? You know, you know, I, I, if I was to ask for a, a show of hands, right, there are so many of us out there in our community that have not read the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ from the beginning to end. And wallahi, if you haven't read that seerah, you do not know the Prophet ﷺ. You cannot claim to love You cannot love No, no, you, you can't, cannot claim to love the And you can't almost, yeah, it's, 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 it's potentially right. You, you can't even actually claim to love the Prophet ﷺ because you don't know about his life. You've never read his life and that would be a starting point, right? So that's an interesting point that we're going to start with. So if you've got views on that, Let's hear, let's hear your views, right? Brother, I want you to continue. So, loving means knowing, right? So, the first action point is get to know the Prophet. So, once you get to know the Prophet, then, yeah. then it's that link, isn't it? Then, mm. then his life becomes a mirror for you, yeah, right? And I think that again. I'm not preaching here. I'm just talking about myself. Yeah. And when you, you you hear the hadith, when you read about the Prophet you want to mm. emulate the Prophet mm. You want to emulate what he did in terms of his character, in terms of yeah. how he dealt with people, yeah. in terms of of his tolerance, right, mm. to to some of the the difficulties mm. that he went through, the, mm. the hardships he went through, etc. Uh, and and you know the more you read about it, and the more so you, know, you, you feel that respect, and you feel that you want to. And 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 that's how you get closer. Mm. That's how you get closer. You're actually going. You're traversing through that journey that the Prophet went through. And Subhanallah, until you don't take that journey, you, that that connection, those those emotions, those sentiments. They, it's impossible to build that. What are you building it based upon? You actually build it upon that journey, right? That sacrifice. Here's an individual living amongst that society for 40 years, and uh, you know, and and at the epic center of that of that of that community of that society, the most respected individual in that society, and then suddenly how things change. But okay, that's a fantastic opening uh, statement from uh, Brother Zafar. Men's uh, not a statement, but thoughts, inshallah, ta'ala. Uh, Brother Hamid. 
what what is what, what is Rabi level? What, what does that bring to, to your mind or for you as an individual? You know, Milad. You know, obviously. What, what are your thoughts and what are your experiences, inshallah, from the north or from the south? I know you've yeah. spent some time in the north too. Spent some time in Pakistan as well. Oh, there so you go. I mean, I mean, before I go into that, I just wanted to reflect on something that you said. I completely and absolutely agree about knowing. Yeah. And the analogy that I'll give is: look, we all love our parents, mm. our mothers and fathers. And the reason why, for example, I love my mother and father because I know their life. Mm. Yeah. I know the times my mother has sacrificed. Mm. She's gone hungry. Yes. Put food in my own mouth. Yes. So it's through well, that well. knowledge yeah. that the love develops. Yeah. And as the as you rightly said, it's through the knowledge of Rasulullah Yeah. The sacrifices that he made. Yeah. The Sabr, mm. the things that made him mm. laugh, the things mm. that made him cry. Mm. You know, through that knowledge, the love of Rasulullah mm. will develop within you. Yeah. And the second part, which you sort of mentioned, is about obedience. Yeah. How can you love someone without disobedience? So I've given the example of my mother. So imagine mm. I'm on my PlayStation or something, and my mother's got a headache, and she says, put her son, go and get me a couple of Panadol. And I say, look, let me finish three, four more levels on the game before I go and get your Panadol. Mm. That's not love. Yeah. Mm. You know, if, if I've got that love and I really appreciate the sacrifices, I'm going to quit the game and go and get her she yeah. needs straight away. Yeah. The yeah. same thing Rasulullah is calling us. Bukhariya yes. is yeah. calling us. We need to yes. respond. Yes. So uh, in, in regards to your actual question, um, unfortunately, the sort of love we have, including yeah. myself, it's like a cloud. It's just yeah. floating in the sky. It's not really yeah. linked to anything. Yeah. So once a year we come out, maybe do this, do that. We love Rasulullah We say it by our tongues. Yeah. But it doesn't go further right. than that. Because, because the counterpoint would be, I mean, whether it's Rabi level, whether it's Safar, whether it's Muharram, whether it's uh, Zilhijjah, Zilqa'dah, the love of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it's not a Mother's Day. It's not one day in the year. It's not a Father's Day. One day in the year, you know. True. I love you, Mum. Here's a, here's a gift, yeah. And and, and uh, you know, it's not important after that, right? But so Subhanallah, you know, you know that love of the Messenger of Allah it is is it has to be constant. So True. should it should it almost be propelled when it comes to Rabi'ul Awwal, or is it just natural because it just it is the month that the Prophet Sallallahu was was born, and therefore you know you 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 mark it out as being significant for that reason. You know the way I look at it is mm. there's certain events or things that happen to people that bring people into the deen, yeah? So yeah. every Rabbul Yalawul, maybe someone might do something that they normally do, but there's another trigger that sort of captures them this year for permanently. So they become mm. Islamic, changed permanently. I know there's been things in my life which have affected me, and I think everyone has that time where they have a time to reflect and think. Yeah. So if people come to it with commitment through this, Alhamdulillah, Right. Okay. Alhamdulillah. All right. So the opening point was knowing the message of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. All right. So that that that's key in terms of the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu Now it's interesting that a brother Zafar mentioned it was Ibn Khaldun's seerah, yeah, right? And right. then secondly, you mentioned Martin Lings, and, and uh, to be honest with you. I started with Martin Lings, right? Okay. And that was the first seed I ever read was Martin Lings. And, you know, subhanAllah, I can still tell you exactly where I was, what I was doing. I was supposed to be running my dad's business, his, his, his you know, shop, and I used to just sit there and read Martin Lings, and I just got glued to it, right? Okay. And, and that, that is, and it was a transformation for me in terms of life and, and uh, in terms of, you know, it, it brought me definitely a lot more to Islam than I was previously, right? So the first thing is really for, for our listeners is pick up that book on, on Sirah and start reading the Sirah. Uh, then, the, then the second point is okay. You've you've now kind of geared this conversation with with regards to okay, what does it actually mean loving? Okay, it means knowing, right? So we need to know, know before we can love. But what does actually love mean? And, I, and I've got a quote here from Sheikh Al Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, right? And this is fantastic. I use this in my khutbah. 
And he says, he's referring to a hadith of the Prophet, a very famous hadith where uh, you know, Abu Dhar, he asked Rasulullah what is the status of a man who loves a group of people right and yet cannot perform the same righteous actions as they do right and uh, rasulullah replied oh abu dhar you will be with those whom you love right and there's other similar hadith of the prophet that you will be with those you know someone asked him with regards to when will the yom al-qiyamah be and rasulullah said what have you prepared and he said i haven't prepared much but i love allah and his messenger and rasulullah said you will be with allah and you will be with those who who you love right so shaykh al-islam ibn taymiyyah he comments on this hadith and he says the meaning of this hadith is obvious right because it is natural for someone who loves another to be with him right so if you love someone it's natural for you to be with him right in this dunya or in akhirah right but then he says the closeness to the beloved right will be proportional to the intensity of love that exists Right, so this, I, I want our listeners to really reflect upon this, right? And this is a Sheikh al al Taymiyyah, that the love, that the closeness to the uh, to the beloved will be proportional to your love. And what is love? Then he says, if this love is perfected, then it entails that one must do all that the beloved requests. Wow. Yeah, the, all that the beloved requests and commands, provided that one is able to do so. So he gives a very good definition, right? He gives a very good de- definition. Yes, it's natural for you to be with the one that you love. Yes, that will be proportional to the love. And then love is that then you do what you're commanded to do and, and you don't do and you refrain from what you're told not to do. That's right. It's, it's an element of respect really, isn't it? So once, mm. you, once you know someone, the next step is to respect mm. the person and respect the authority. And once you respect the authority, then it doesn't become a question of whether you know, what is said or, or suggested by that person, mm. you know, you reject or disobey or so you, you, you instill, you absorb, you, you becomes part of your, part of your life, uh, alhamdulillah. So mm. it's, it's, it's the next natural next step really, knowing Allah, uh, the Prophet mm. uh, and, and then to respecting and then, then to sort of following inshallah. So. Uh, Brother Hamid, your, your thoughts on, uh, on that hadith? No, subhanAllah, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, which one of us would not be want to be raised with Rasulullah sallallahu mm. There's no way our mm. actions can become anywhere close to Rasulullah sallallahu the Sahaba, Ikram, mm. any of them. But however, if our love is sincere and mm. translated into amal, action, yeah. Yeah. love for the deen, yeah. Then we've got a chance to be resurrected with Rasulullah And mm. on the other side mm. of the coin, if we tend to start loving personalities which are not worthy of being loved, yeah. we could risk being resurrected with such personalities on the Day of Judgment mm. and where they stand. And that, and that would be the, the meaning of the hadith that you, you will be with those who, who you love. So if your whole life you're infatuated with, I don't know, whatever you're infatuated with, whether, whether, it's, whether it's a Bollywood individual or whether it's a Hollywood individual or whether it's a, it's a sporting figure, you, that's the question. You, you, might be, you might want to be with them and I'm sure a lot of people want to be with them in this dunya because of course there's fame, there's glamour, there's social status and, and, and there's a prestige right but I'm not sure they, that that's going to carry in the Al-Akhirah where the currency is like you said earlier is the swab meter bro <laughs> it's not it's not it's not your it's not your social standing and it's not your bank account and it's not your 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 clothing is how many you know what 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 has been registered on that swab meter of yours right <laughs> and if your swab meter is is you know connected to to these kind of personalities I don't, I don't think that's going to leverage much for you in uh, in, in the Al-Akhirah yeah, absolutely we need to be careful of our company we need mm. to be careful of who we love and another point mm. to mention 
here is you know like someone that lifts weights you need to yeah. be constantly doing it or if you're mm. into martial arts or boxing you need to yeah. be constantly doing it yeah. the same with this love for Rasulullah it's not mm. like a one-off thing that I've developed it and now I've got the love for us it's something you need to be constantly working on non-stop yeah. till your last gasp you know, you yeah. need to continually be putting that effort into it. Mm. You know, the love for Rasulullah getting the knowledge and translating that into action. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Jazakallah, uh, Brother Hamid. All right. So, I mean, in terms of loving the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, right? So this is, this is uh, you know, Ibn Taymiyyah, you know, uh, uh, mentions that this is, uh, you know, it's an obligation. Right, it's an obligation. is 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 one of the most pivotal, you know, points with regards to a Muslim that he must love Allah and his, and his Messenger more than he loves every, everything else. And this is very clear from the Quran. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you know, in, in many ayahs, you know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Another ayah, Surah Tawbah, It's a very lengthy ayah, but Allah Subhanahu wa Taala lists everything which is very close to an individual, from his parents to his children to his. Ch- to his, you know, you know, his assets, to his wealth. That if that is more beloved to you than Allah and His Messenger, then of course, you know, you're, you, you've got a, you've got a problem there. So it has to be right at the forefront. And a famous example of of Umar ibn Khattab with regards to. You know, when he was having that conversation with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa right? That, you know, uh, oh, Messenger of Allah, you're very beloved to me, but, you know, more than my, my parents and, and everything else, apart from myself. And Rasulullah sallallahu said that none of you really believes until you love me more than yourselves. And in fact, there's an ayah from the Quran, it just come to my mind, from Surah Hazab, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, min anfusihim, wa ummahatuhum, right? Wa ummahatuhum, that, uh, that the Messenger of Allah, is he's more clear closer and he has more rights over the believers than even themselves Mm. More rights to the believers than than even themselves, right? Go, go on, brother. Hamid, you want yeah, to say I mean, you just reminded me of an incident yeah. because remember we we're talking about we were talking about earlier about just saying love of Rasulullah and yeah. translating it into an action. I mean, what's the most valuable possession any of us have is our life, you know, the breathing yeah. within our bodies. Yeah. And there was an incident where the Quraysh captured a Muslim, a Sahaba, mm. and before they were going to execute yes. him, they decided they wanted to try and torture him mentally yeah. by saying, "Now, don't you prefer that?" Rasulullah is in your place mm-hmm. and you are sat at home in the comfort of your, you know, with your family and your people. Yeah. But the reply that he gave, subhanAllah, you know, it, it, it tortured them back. They could not understand it. Yeah, he replied to them and he said to mm-hmm. them, do you think I could sit at home yeah. happy yeah. with the knowledge that one hair on the Prophet Muhammad's head was hurt? Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's easy for me to say I love Rasulullah sitting yeah. in the studio. Yeah. But when it's your time that someone's going to execute you and you utter the words at that time, that's when you know it's true love mm. for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know, uh, you know. Sometimes you think you think about it, right? And uh, you know, we've all heard these famous words of even the Quraysh. You know, even the Quraysh who were the enemies of of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. When they would go as whether whether they would go as ambassadors or representatives of the Quraysh to to for, for negotiations and and discussions with 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 the Muslims, and they would see these men around the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They were incredibly, you know, incredibly just. Taken, taken back, you know. The, you know, I forget the name of the Sahab. Uh, you know, later he became a Sahabi. That he went back and he said, "I have been to the kings of Persia, to the Romans, and I have never seen the awe and the respect that is given to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi as you know, the companions of, of, of Muhammad give to him, right? In terms of uh, the other kings and uh, other uh, other monarchs of, of that time. I mean, what was it that really drove the Sahaba? 
to really that level of commitment and that level of love for the Messenger of Allah. So it's actually worth just reflecting about. It's worth reflecting. What was it? I mean, I, I can tell you here that, look here, I've got this uh, the quote here. Sheikh al-Islam Taymiyyah says that loving Allah and his Messenger more than anything else is one of the tenets of Islam, right? Without which a slave is not considered a believer. Mm. But that's not going to generate that love. That's not going to sink. That's in. just abstract. Mm. It's almost like abstract. It's just a concept. Okay, I have to love a messenger of Allah. All right, fine. Yeah, I do. But really, mm. what is it that drove these these men, these Sahaba around the Prophet or some to have that level of love? Right. Mm. It's incredible. There's a, what there's was a level it? Level of conviction in the character. Uh, the, the conviction of character. Of course, they the, had the character, the person right in front of them, and they saw that personality. They could not, they could not deny, you know, the, you know him, yeah. and he's, you know, he's basically um, uh, the, the personality, the way he dealt with people, and, yeah. and they just, they just couldn't, yeah. uh, and and the, you know, that's what brought them together. He was yeah. true to his word. He was he was a kind a person. You yeah. know, he was merciful. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and he suffered a lot as well, and he mm. didn't complain. Mm. He didn't. Mm. Uh, he didn't complain uh, to the people, mm. and he didn't. When he, you know, he became the authority figure mm. afterwards, mm. he didn't take revenge. Mm. He didn't even take revenge right mm. on uh, on the the killers of, of his uncle, mm. of his mm. uncle. Mm. Um, so forgiveness, forgiveness. Sorry, and I think the thing that comes to to mind really is, is yeah. when he when he goes to, and this is quite prevalent. Yeah. This is quite important, right, for current day situation. Yeah. He goes to Taif. Mm. Right, and he's asking for the people of Taif to support him in these difficult times. He's mm. trying to find some supporters, mm. right, uh, for his followers, mm. and 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 they turn on him, yeah. they throw stones on him. And mm. there are some narrations which say that that he walked away, and there was blood dripping mm. from his ankles. Mm. Uh, and and at that time, Angel Jibril came, and and he mm. asked the, the Prophet to say the word, and I'll collapse these mountains mm. on top of these people. Mm. And his response was, from among these people, there's going to be people of mine. Mm. Subhanallah. Mm. Just ab ab absolutely the examples that you're giving from the seerah, which is exactly. what we talked about, that knowledge. I mean, one of the ones that sort of really hit me was when I read in the seerah, when they were making hijrah. Abu Bakr Sadiq and his guide and on the way they were very thirsty and hungry and they came across a lady who had goats and they asked if they could milk one of the goats and the mm -hmm. lady sort of said they're all dry there's nothing in them but Rasulullah asked for permission and the point was that he, he milked the goats and he got the milk and the first glass of milk who did he give to remember this is Rasulullah he is the mm -hmm. best of creation mm -hmm. Yeah, he could have had it mm -hmm. himself he didn't mm -hmm. he gave it to the owner of the goat the first mm -hmm. glass mm -hmm. the second glass who did that go to he went to the guide Yes. The third glass, who did that go to? Abu Bakr Siddiq. Yes. And yes. then Rasul. This is what you call leadership. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Leadership built yes. on respect, on love. Yeah, on, you know, yes. for example, not through putting yourself on a pedestal above everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. They say that when the people came to meet him, mm. they couldn't recognize which was Rasulullah because he sat with the people. Mm. Mm. I think it's, it's probably worth commenting on, on the recent events in Pakistan on this mm. as well. Yes. Because when you love somebody, uh, and if somebody does something to hurt them, it hurts you. Mm. Right, it hurts you. Yeah. Inevitably, it hurts you, yeah. and you want to react. Yeah. Right, and and I think the thing is, you want to react in your own way. Yeah. Um, but the important thing is that the, your way must be guided by his way. Yeah. Right? This, this, is, this is this is this is this is in reference to what, uh, brothers? You know the 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 um, in 
the, the, the riots that took place, okay, the okay. blasphemy cases yes, in Pakistan. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so if you want to react in your own way and that way doesn't reflect the Prophet's way, yeah. then, then you are not in sync. So it's again about, you know, bringing in your, your Ishq and Ashke Rasul in the confines and in 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 the ways that have actually been prescribed Pressed right by the prophet yeah, exactly yeah, yeah yeah i can understand the sentiments but again there's due process and there's uh, you know institutions you know that have got a responsibility to do that and there's a way of expressing that right uh, it is and, and mm. you know you do feel outrage when mm. his character is is uh, maligned mm. and his character has been maligned in the west mm. to the point that that is some people is become acceptable mm. right the thing is you know you must continue to feel that inside mm. that's the connection really right yeah. is you feel it inside yeah. but how you react to it mm. must be guided by the mind yeah. and the, 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 the you know the the seerah of the prophet how yeah. he reacted to it yeah. no no absolutely okay we, we've got a couple of minutes uh, to go and then uh, of course we're going to continue this discussion into the last half an hour and, and subhanAllah the seerah is, 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 is an ocean right in fact I keep getting my times wrong in fact I've got only 50 minutes uh, 50 seconds left right so we'll get, we will have to go into the commercial break and we'll have to break uh, shortly so I'm not going to continue the discussion and in the second half of the sh- uh, in the last ha- uh, half an hour I want to reflect upon the mission of Rasulullah his, his message right and also I want to I want to touch upon a few points with regards to his character right we, we are trying to get through to to the Sheikh uh, Suleiman al-Ghani we can't get through to him at the moment and Sheikh Sidi Nuruddin uh, that we'll try to speak to in, in in the second half but if we can't the mission the message of Rasulullah and his character because subhanallah you know I think we need to delve into those a bit more to give our listeners a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit more of an understanding inshallah with regards to those aspects uh, so that we can take that away from today's discussion you, just a reminder you are with me Hafiz Shaban on Friday Night Live and we're going to go into a commercial break we'll be back uh, in a couple of minutes so don't go away and we will be back with the discussion on the seerah of Rasulullah you're listening to an Inspire FM podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Friday Night Live with me, Hafiz Shaban, on this Friday evening, 16th of November. We are currently in the last section of the evening, this evening show, inshallah, where we are currently discussing uh, the life of the Prophet. Wasalam. Of course, it's Rabi Lawal, and this is the month in which the Messenger of Allah wasalam, was born. So, we are discussing as our, as, as our major story this evening. Uh, reflecting upon the loving the Prophet sallallahu what does it mean loving the Prophet sallallahu and the Prophet sallallahu as an example in all aspects of life inshallah that's what we're discussing and we've been discussing that for the last half an hour and uh, we're going to be continuing that discussion inshallah for the next 20-25 uh, minutes hopefully we're going to get through to one of our shuyukhs either Shaykh uh, Suleiman Ghani or Shaykh uh, Sidi Nuruddin inshallah but until then I am uh, I have to mashallah I have a cop presenter brother Zafar here in the studio too who, who's also been sharing his thoughts and his reflections on what Rabi Lawal means to him and we have brother Hamid still in the studio and also want to listen to our our listeners inshallah ta'ala. so our listeners if you want to get in touch with regards to 
Robbie Lobel and uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and share your thoughts. 0158248182. 0158248182 is the number inshallah ta'ala or 0779481822 for your SMSs and for your WhatsApp messages inshallah ta'ala. So I believe that we have got uh, the Sheikh uh, Sheikh Suleiman Ghani. Sheikh Sidi, uh, mashallah, we've got on the line. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, ya Sheikh Sidi. Nuruddin, walikum. Nuruddin, mashallah, Sheikh, how, how are you, mashallah? Welcome to Friday Night Live, mashallah. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, great to have you, Sheikh, uh, and uh, Jazakallah here for your time this evening. Uh, mashallah, of course, it is, it is this uh, month of Rabi Lawal. Many people say it's, it's the blessed month of, of Rabi Lawal. Obviously, the spirits are high in, in large segments of our, of our community with regards to, of course, the, the, the month in which the Prophet وسلم, was born uh, as a mercy sent to, the, to, to mankind. Mashallah, do you, do you want to perhaps open up by sharing a couple of thoughts and, and some reflections uh, on this month and uh, in particularly with regards to uh, the sending of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in this month, Ya Shaykh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi sallam, alhamdulillah. So with regards to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as all our listeners inshallah well aware after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most beloved to us is the Prophet Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. As the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said in a sound hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, hadith number 15, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى أكون أحب إليه من والده وولده والناس أجمعين None of you believes until I am more beloved to him than his the father, his son, and all of mankind. So yeah, he, this is something, uh, somebody, the Prophet Sallallahu is somebody very dear to us. We love the Prophet Sallallahu with all of our heart. <laughs> and as I said, the uh, only second to our love for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is the love of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And as we reflect upon this hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we see that it's uh, the love of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has been made a measure of our Iman. <coughs> the greater our love for the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the greater our Iman, insha'Allah Ta'ala. So, you know, sometimes people say, oh, how do you know whether your Iman is strong or not? And uh, there are many answers to this, but mm. amongst the answers to this is going to be our love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. And it's important to note that often Allah, uh, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned these two together very, very regularly. As in, in the Holy Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions obedience to Allah and his messenger together. In a sound hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa on the day of Khaybar said, tomorrow I will give the banner to somebody who loves Allah and his messenger and is beloved by Allah and his messenger, subhanahu wa ta'ala, sallallahu alayhi Muhammad. So it's important to understand that this has often been put together, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger, and they go mm. hand in hand. Love, We love the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, because of our love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And loving the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is part of loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Mashallah. Jazakallah, Sheikh, very for articulate in that very very concisely. In in the in the first half an hour, I had uh, so, some of our guests in the studio. And we were discussing how the love uh, for the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam actually is reflected in our obedience to what the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam actually brought to 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 us. So, in kuntum Allah, Allah. So, why don't you actually share just share a couple of thoughts with regards to that aspect of it? Before then, I want you to maybe share a couple of thoughts with regards to the character of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and his mission and his message. Okay, hey, there is no doubt, uh, you know, as you said, and Mashallah, you quoted the verse of the Holy Quran that the part, an essential part of loving the Prophet is making an active effort to follow the teachings of the Messenger of Allah. However, what I would like to just expand upon, it's not limited to just that. You know, mm-hmm. love of the Prophet certainly, absolutely, without doubt, means to obey the teachings of the Prophet <laughs> follow the sunnah of the Prophet But love, uh, you know, as we know it to be, is an emotion. It's a feeling in the heart that manifests into action. Mm. You see what I mean? So it's mm. not, we can't just say, oh, this person follows all of these sunnahs, therefore he's necessarily achieved all, you know, possible love of the Prophet or what have you, um, or even regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani, mm. uh, there's an aspect of it in the heart and there's an aspect of it which is outward. Mm-hmm. And we see that with the Sahaba, ta'ala anhum, in the, uh, obviously we don't know what's in their heart, but we see uh, reverence for the Prophet and being mm. manifest in sound hadith. <coughs> it's narrated that the Sahaba, there's hadith in Sahih Muslim, then Anas, he narrates that the Prophet was having his hair shaved. And the Sahaba, they were around the Prophet and he narrates that they wouldn't let a hair of the Messenger of Allah hit the ground. Meaning, well, mm. they'd rush to it and they'd pick it up. You see what I mean? Yeah. That, we wouldn't necessarily call that bar. You yeah. see what I mean? Or yes. necessarily even a kibar. Yes. Yes, but that's like a reverence one has. So, so what, uh, what, what drove that that reverence in 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 the Sahaba uh, Sheikh, right? So, you, you know, we were dis- we were dis- we were discussing this <laughs> earlier, right? So, I mean, of course, they lived with the Messenger of Allah and they, and they saw the Messenger of Allah, but but the the level of you know that love for the Messenger of Allah is is absolutely incredible, right? It's absolutely yeah, incredible. Mashallah. So, what was what, what what were the key factors driving that love of, of the Sahaba in in, in your opinion, Ya Sheikh? Mashallah, very beautiful question. Allah Most High bless you. Yeah, first and foremost, it's always going to go back to the love of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Mm. You see what I mean? Uh, and this is narrated in a hadith in the Mustadrak of Imam Hakim, mm. um, which Imam Zahabi considered a sound hadith, where the Prophet said in the following way, he said, love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessings he has given you. Mm. And love me lihubbillah. Mm. And love me because of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. And love my family due to my love. You see mm. the point here? Yeah. It's always going to start there. So we're mm. going to start, look, we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and part of our love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is we love everything and everyone that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. Mm. And, and, you know, speaking a lot about love, this extends beyond just yesterday I was teaching the class in Sirah, 
and we had a beautiful hadith in Sahih Bukhari where the Prophet وسلم, spoke about love of the Ansar, who are the Muhajir, yes, uh, who yes. are the uh, uh, Madani Sahaba. Mm. The Prophet وسلم, said, Nobody loves them except a believer, and nobody hates them except a Munafiq. Mm. You see, and, and, and the hadith continued about love. But sorry, I'm going on a tangent. Let me answer your question more directly. So, why the love for the Prophet ﷺ? As I said, first and foremost, because of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, recognizing the, 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 the maqam, the station, mm-hmm. the place mm-hmm. the Prophet ﷺ has with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, recognizing the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then it goes further, mm-hmm. alhamdulillah, that, you know, as Sayyidina Ali narrated in the Shama'il, radiallahu ta'ala, he said, nobody... Uh, came upon the Prophet suddenly, meaning, you know, met him suddenly, except that he was filled with awe. Mm, and nobody came to know the Prophet except that he uh, was filled with love for him. There's that aspect of yeah. one's link to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but yeah. it's also what we know about the Prophet what we learn about the Prophet obviously with the Sahaba it's going to be much more intense yes, right yes. because they're experiencing it yeah. in person yeah. they're hearing it in Quran they're hearing yeah. it in the uh, speech of the Prophet and they're yeah. experiencing it in person yeah. but we know that have a big share of that as well we <laughs> we hear uh, or read the yeah. descriptions of the beauty of the character of the Prophet and the humility of the Messenger yes. of Allah sallallahu the love that he has for his ummah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Muhammad, and like this. Right. You know, so, you know, I, maybe it took a bit longer you wanted to, to say. Yeah, no, no, I, I want to come come on to the character of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But just before that, right, uh, Sheikh, I, I wanted you to... You know, highlight. You actually just mentioned. You, you took my question from from my literally from my mouth because you just highlighted it, right? Because the love for the Messenger of Allah is isn't one way, right? So we oh, love Allah, the Messenger Allah. of Allah, but Allahu Akbar. You know what always has surprised me, right? And really has you know grabbed my attention is is the love that the Messenger of Allah had for this Ummah. Right, it's incredible. I mean, if you read the hadith and and you read the narratives and you read the descriptions of Yom Al Qiyamah and and how all of the Anbiya and the Rusul will be, you know, engaged and so preoccupied with themselves and and and, and the intensity of that day, it is only the Messenger of Allah who will say, "My Ummah, my Ummah, my Ummah," and he and constantly on the lips of the Messenger of Allah was, "It was us." Right. Yeah. So it's so it's not a one-way love. No, this is the blessing, Yani, subhanAllah. Mm. Uh, when a person truly reflects upon such a matter, it is incredibly humbling. Mm. Uh, look at this Mubarak individual, mm. this messenger of Allah, وسلم, the Habib of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, mm. the Khalil of Allah. And yet this person in his elevated station, and he has all of the blessings and all of the highest ranks, yet he loves sinful, lowly individuals like us. Mm. When we reflect upon that, it truly is yeah. a humbling experience. And we should reflect upon that. Yeah. And uh, it kind of goes back to the hadith I quoted earlier, mm. which was regarding Sayyidina Ali. He loves Allah and his messenger. And then what? Immediately afterwards, the reciprocation. Mm. And Allah and his messenger love him. Mm. If that's a humbling experience when you reflect uh, regarding it, regarding the messenger of Allah, it is even more humbling when you reflect regarding Allah. It oh. is possible for lowly creation like us mm. to attain the love of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's so. beyond imagination. Absolutely. But yes, mm. absolutely. This is a huge mm. blessing. Mm. That this mm. love is reciprocated. It was yes. reciprocated. 
reciprocated during his Mubarak life. Yes. As you mentioned, there's so many hadith about it. Yeah. And it will be reciprocated on the Day of Judgment. Yeah. As you mentioned, the Prophet mm. will continue to help the Ummah on the Day of Judgment. Mm. And he will not rest until the Ummah is safe. Oh, subhanAllah, man. Incredible. Allahu Akbar. Uh, I just want to remind our listeners, mashallah, we, we, this is Friday Night Live. Uh, listeners and subhanAllah we, we are uh, speaking to currently to Sheikh Nuruddin mashallah who is uh, you know sh- sharing some fantastic uh, thoughts and, and reflections on the on the, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam if you want to squeeze in a question you know 01582481822 is the number to call here in the studio inshallah ta'ala. any messages or whatsapp messages 0777 to get in your uh, your messages or your questions or your thoughts inshallah ta'ala. Uh, Sheikh I'm, I'm hoping we, we, we're going to be able to steal another 10 minutes of your time, inshallah. Because I, I'm really a... sorry, brother. Um, I did uh, tell the, the brothers who spoke to me that I, I have until 7.45, then I've got a class. Ah, uh, is it? Ah, oh, so it's, it's a beautiful subject. I would love to uh, speak uh, okay, all right. even more, but uh, alhamdulillah. maybe another day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But if absolutely. I could just say one last thing. Yes, please, yes, brother. Any, Allah most high bless you. Unfortunately, I haven't been, I've been busy with things. I haven't been re- listening to the radio before this, but what I really want to, you know, thank you for and congratulate you all is here your focus is the love of the Prophet the character of the Prophet rather than getting sidetracked with a debate regarding is the Mawlid permitted or not. Yes. You see yes, what I mean? Yes, a lot of people yes. in Rabi al-Awwal missed the opportunity yes, on yes, just yes. focusing on what's yes. agreed upon. Exactly. What's exactly. agreed upon? Yes. The Messenger the love uh, of him his elevated status yes. his character as you've been speaking about so yes. Allah most high grant us tawfiq inshallah barakallah feek shaykh and jazakallah for even those 10 minutes of your, of your time it was it was fantastic and definitely inshallah ta'ala will be in touch to speak yet once again inshallah ta'ala in the near future jazakallah shaykh okay listeners that was mashallah shaykh nuruddin and that was uh, that was very inspiring mashallah that, that was extremely inspiring. extremely inspiring and it was great to listen to the shaykh and I didn't have the notes in front of me just to tell me that we've only got the shaykh for 15 minutes so I was I was really optimistic we're going to get another 10 minutes out of the out of the shaykh but of course he had to attend to a class so I mean uh, it was brilliant that, that was brilliant great reflections inshallah ta'ala, great messages uh, and uh, alhamdulillah the shaykh also picked upon this key aspect of you know let's discuss and let's engage upon and let's come together upon something which actually unites us all right unites us all and there's no dispute over loving the messenger of Allah there's no dispute with regards to his character his mission his, his, his message uh, and that is what we should be unifying upon inshallah ta'ala. and I think if you want to focus on anything this month focus on that Focus on that. Forget the other debates and, and discussions. You see a sign of a learned sheikh yeah, when when he gets the essence of the issue rather than the headlines. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know there are lo- lots of people who, who repeat rhetoric. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 arouse people, mm. uh, but a true sheikh, mashallah, it mm. gets to the essence of the issue. Mm. What is the essence of the issue? Mm. The love of the Prophet. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing that everyone's trying to get to. How do you get to it? What different means or whatever you use? Mm. You can argue about, debate about, mm. but that's the thing that mm. is what everyone's agreed upon. And yeah. very, very good, very good. Alhamdulillah. Oh. All right, we, we've got about eight minutes left, nine minutes left, inshallah. Very, very quickly, uh, let me also bring in Brother Hamid into the conversation too, inshallah. 
chat a lot. Okay, we, we, I, I want to touch upon uh, the character of the of the Messenger of Allah just very briefly too. But of course, I mean, ultimately, what was it? You, you know that uh, that uh, the, the mission that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gave to the Messenger of Allah, and how can we then continue that? Because you know, as as Rasulullah Sallallahu very clearly said that there is no messengers after me. There's no more prophets after me. And Rasulullah Sallallahu came with a message, came with a mission, right? And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala very clearly kuntum khaira ummatin ukhrijat linnas ta'muruna bil ma'ruf wa tanhauna 'anil munkari wa tu'minuna billah so very clearly this responsibility is being discharged upon this ummah that she needs to carry that responsibility in in conveying the good in conveying the good in, in conveying the khair the khair being islam and and you know reaching out to our community reaching out to our society reaching out to the wider society so we've got a you know in terms of not only focusing upon uh, the loving of the prophet sallam, not only focusing on his obedience but also focusing on his me- his mission his message and how we also need to be people who are carrying the dawah carrying that message yeah, I think part of it is to look at the time when Rasulullah got this message from Allah mm. subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it was a very dark time. Mm. The whole earth was in darkness, misguidance. Mm. If you just look at Arabia, it's a few examples. Mm. The rich completely oppressed the poor. Absolutely. The weak were downtrodden on by the mm. powerful. Mm. They would never get justice. They were exploited. There was slavery. Women mm. were treated very badly as possessions and property. Yeah. The children, the daughters were buried alive. It was complete darkness. There was a need for enlightenment. Sounds and very similar to some of the uh, times that we're living in today. This is what I was actually going to bring it to. Oh, really? bring it okay. Draw a parallel to what we actually have today, and it's yeah. sim- it's a very similar time. We, yeah. We're living in a time of darkness. The rich are again oppressing the poor. I mean, the wealth is now concentrated in the hands of such a few. Yeah, you know, and, and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the hands of eighty-four yeah. people. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's not justice. When I look and I see the the news and what's happening in the world, mm. I see people suffering. Mm. Muslims, non-Muslims. I see people suffering. Mm. I see animals suffering. Mm. I see that's, the that's earth a, suffering. You yeah, know, the yeah, environment. The earth is suffering. Yeah. 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 Very Everything good point. is suffering at the mm. moment and is in again in need of enlightenment. But mm. we have that enlightenment still because wow. we still yeah. have the message of Rasulullah yes. because he, Rasulullah was gifted with not just a religion but a complete way of life from mm. top to bottom mm. with systems of justice mm. and yeah. a, a just economic system, yeah, a just social system, a just judicial system. Yeah. You know, from whatever you want to mention, he Rasulullah even, even and the environment, for example. I mean, Islam and animals. I mean, yeah, yeah I've, I've seen books covering, you know, all of these subject matters. Yeah. Subhanallah. I mean, if you look mm. 1400 years ago, yeah. they were concerned with animals having Correct. their rights. Mm. And the rulers of the state couldn't sleep at night knowing that a donkey would get hurt on the roads. Allah yeah. Allah. And the, the messages yeah. were sent even to the wow. parting armies, yeah. right? Yeah. When you part, do not. Do yeah. not in fact, yeah. Just, trees, yeah. Yes. Do mm. not hurt the, the, the people mm. who are elderly. Mm. You know, these are guidance given to her at that time. So. But if you compare that now with our rulers, mm. I mean, it's another example. Even if we go it's past the Sahaba, damage these days, isn't yeah. it? collateral damage. True. Yeah. If you go even past the Sahaba Ikram, even like people like Omar ibn Abdul Aziz, yeah, mm. who was after them, he was allotted as you know some some instruments of state like a candle mm. to conduct government business. 
but he bought his own personal candle because if someone came to talk to him about a personal issue he didn't want to be accounted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is the ruler of the state he didn't want to be accounted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a little bit of thread and a few drops of wax right now you look at the rulers not just Muslims all rulers now how much do they loot from the awam cars and helicopters and this and houses and servants and all this sort of stuff and there's another hadith Rasulullah said what you steal the meaning of which what you steal will be around your neck on the Yom Al-Qiyamah imagine we'll see people with jumbo 747s around their necks on those days that's going to be heavy that's going to be heavy that's going to drag you so just coming back to it I mean we're again in need of that enlightenment and we still have it Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen and it's a responsibility in all of us right those of us that are saying Ashikir Rasul and those of us that you know want to you know exhibit our our love uh, for the Messenger of Allah to actually carry that down right and this is it has to be a proactive thing right and I think it's more in need of it today in our society reaching out to the wider community reaching out to the wider non-muslim society you know community and you know communicating engaging with them what is who is the message of Allah what's his message what's his mission brothers of her I think the key thing from his message is is one about the other Mm. not the self Mm. Right, and I challenge you and everybody who's listening today mm. uh, if you're in a situation right, where uh, you know it could get tricky your mm. interests versus somebody else's interests mm. uh, are, be, are in conflict you take the side of the other I challenge mm. you you will see a different response yes. you'll see a win-win situation right. Right, where people are going to respect you a lot more yeah. right? I think this is what, what right. the Prophet uh, brought so, so, is, is yeah. the focus not mm. on the self but mm. the so-called focus on the other mm. I think that's the key thing that I think right so, so you're now bringing coming on to the character right and we've already discussed the character and, and I want to uh, you, you can't discuss the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa without discussing that character I mean subhanallah sometimes when you read the character of the Prophet you know when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Quran that you know Allah you know almost gave the, the perfect character to the Prophet wallahi that's what you see in the life of the Prophet I mean you know it's just some of the examples right you know uh, I was it Zaid bin Harisa I, I can't remember who was the servant of the Prophet he said I served the messenger of Allah for 10 years or was it 15 years or 20 years I can't remember exactly how many but let's even say 10 years and the messenger of Allah he never said off to me in 10 years mm. right imagine that a servant who is serving you for 10 years and you do you don't even say off to that servant on top of that it's almost it's almost impo- humanly impossible yeah. right i mean with our own children with our wives with our even with our parents who are not even supposed to utter off to we've we've said more than off to our parents mm. right and and this is with a servant and 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 uh, subhanallah when you when you reflect upon that it's just incredible no, I was just going to say on top yeah. of that, imagine he had the chance to go back to his real parents yeah. and he didn't because of everything you were saying, the yes. example of Rasulullah yes. yes. yeah. So it just shows how Absolutely. much of a wonderful person he وسلم, was. Yeah, uh, but, but the other part that, that I was going to say is that, uh, Brother Zafra, I know you, you were just mentioning upon it, but it's so hard, <laughs> it's, <laughs> that, that's the problem then, right? Is that you read these examples and you read about the seerah and you look at that character and even when you try to follow it, uh, I mean, I'll tell you personally, I struggle I mean of course you'll never get to that level and of course you have to try to push yourself right but the point is 
it's impossible, but you have to push yourself. So is it a constant battle? Or, you know, because all, all, otherwise, you know, I feel like a hypocrite. I'm reading about the Prophet Sallallahu I'm saying this is his character. I want to, you know, I love the Prophet Sallallahu but then I'm finding those deficiencies in myself. Well, you know the wrong thing to do is yeah. to say, well, I can't because he was a prophet. Mm. And that's the wrong thing to say because mm. then you are detaching yourself. You're kind of saying, well... You know, uh, the Prophet had an elevated status, mm. uh, so therefore I'm never going to be reaching that state, so I'm not going to even try. Mm. That's where you lose the disconnection, I think. Mm. Yeah, that's a. Uh, Okay, uh, Brother Zafar and uh, Brother Hamid, Masha'Allah, Jazakallah Heron for your time in the, in the studio. It's been fantastic, Masha'Allah Ta'ala, and uh, almost two hours are up. And uh, again, a 50, a 50 seconds countdown has started. So, Brother Hamid, Jazakallah Heron, I know you came in for half an hour, but Masha'Allah, you spent one and a half hours with us. So, Jazakallah Heron, Akhi. No, Jazakallah for Remember, I said to you about the Sawab meter. It's still ticking. Oh, it's still ticking. <laughs> that, that's it. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's great. Good to know that. And, uh, Brother Zafar, great to always have you in the studio. Mashallah, and uh, great to for all of our listeners, Jazakallah for, for tuning in and listening in. Inshallah, do try to contribute in some of these conversations with your SMS and your WhatsApp messages or calling into the studio. And just a reminder, you are with me, uh, Hafi Shaban and Brother Zafar on Friday Night Live uh, from the studios of Inspire FM. And uh, Subhanallah, it is uh, towards the end of the time. So until next week, when uh, maybe Brother Zafar might be in the hot seat because I'm not going to be around next week. So Brother Zafar, prepare yourself for next week. Inshallah. Until next week, inshallah, it's Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh from me and Brother Zafar. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.